doubt the truth do for you? Absolutely nothing. It just allows you to make a lot of other people wrong about the truth. This is a very uh, applicable, practical, entertaining. Yes? You just travel light. And I, I beg to, I don't think anyone could ever come here after actually hearing this message and after entertaining it a little while couldn't, would, would be able to not to admit that. Because it's not going to, it may not change the, the geography of your life, but you're traveling lighter over it. I guarantee it. I can tell. And I know. Yeah? These principles outshine situations, yes? They outshine individuals in a sense. I remember when that happened, that one time happened, the whole, my whole definition of longing and all the meaning my mind had given it just was totally erased. As I saw it, it's, it's only part and parcel of this place. Because I remember I'd go to these talks and these people would get up and have really poetic takes on how much longing they've been in their whole life waiting for the truth. <laughs> and go, I've missed it so many times. And there was the bus with the door wide open. Get on now. But don't you want, I've been longing for this moment. Well, the moment is here, get on. But you don't understand, I'm longing for it. I've been longing for it, and I've missed the bus so many times. All right, I understand, but it's here now, you know. No! And so they're longing for it. Their story about longing for the bus is being used not to get on the bus. Yeah? Because what would happen? Their identification as a longer for the truth would have to be dismissed when they got on the bus. Yeah? The story would end. They'd have to find another story. So it's much more, it's much more familiar to sit on the bench and long for the bus than to get on the bus. That's why people don't like this message a lot of times. Because there's nothing to do about it. And most people really, what I found... They come here, in a sense, their heads, to get permission not to do what they don't want to do anyway. <laughs> Most of us in this room aren't going to go on a month-long retreat. We're not going to give up our lives to go to India for three months. Probably not. Yeah. And if we have the idea that that's what it takes to know this truth, then you have a belief that you'll never know the truth, and that's not comfortable for your mind. You have to make, you've got to give you some permission to not to do what you really believe you've got to do. Just don't do it. It doesn't fucking matter. That's the freedom. Not mental permission, but to entertain there's really, really, truly nothing to do about this. That as this, I'm totally irrelevant to what I am. It's incredibly good news. Because how much doing and having would you need to get to everywhere? There'd be no need for any doing and having. And what makes us up is the sense of being the doer and the haver. That's why I love about this message, because it disarms that whole modality. There's nothing to do, and you're not going to get anything. What happens if you don't can't get anything? You can't lose it. If everywhere is so, then you can't be disconnected or connected to it. 
There's no two options. There's just a recognition that this overrides the two options of being connected and disconnected. It overrides the option that you have play the role of God in your own life. That you're the one who says, I'm getting closer to the truth. And you're the one who says, I'm far away from the truth. Or you'll find a someone else to represent you to tell you that stuff. Some other authority, but it's still that, yeah? But what are you gonna, how are you going to prove to you that you're closer to, to everywhere? What are the signposts? I'm getting closer to the center of everywhere. It's a little, where would all the signs point to in everywhere? There wouldn't be no, you've got to take a left turn. No, you're everywhere. How do I get to everywhere? You get, no, you're everywhere. Well, where do I start getting to everywhere? Well, right now. When will I arrive now? Do I have to take the journey? No. Unless you think so. It freezes you. You talk about a pause. If you had a pause in your life, maybe four pauses in your life, your whole life would look different as a linear story. This is like an eternal pause. It puts an end to the whole idea of time. Yes? It's a solution that's not time-based. It's not a process. It's not something that builds up by you doing, and nor is it something that decreases by you not doing. It's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirements necessary. If you want to call it, meet it, because you don't have to meet it, you are it, yeah? It's so disarming, you won't know what to do. Your head. It will try to grab on every little concept and idea, and after it gets tired of grabbing, it will see that when it stops grabbing, those were the wings that it was holding as a fist. Yes. Same, same. That's how you find out. When you stop grabbing, you'll find out what your true purpose of these are. They're not to grab and to know, but to fly and find out. Show up. The I don't know mind state. The I don't know mind state is the perfect attitude towards finding out. Because you don't know. How else are you going to find out? If you know, you already believe you found out. Yeah? If you found out already, what's the point of looking? I already know what the day's going to be like. It's the same old, same old day, same people, same job, same car. Yeah. What do I look forward to? You know, the movie and the Agendas at my house when I get off of work. Call up other people to see how terrible they had you know, maybe have pictures of my girlfriend's best friend and fantasize of doing something with her. I don't know. The mind just gets more and more perverted. I found this has been my experience with this. Something dawned on me, yeah? And when it dawned on me, I started to find out about it, yeah? I can't know it. But I can intimate it by it happening to me, yeah? Or changing this. By influencing this, yeah? By influencing this, I got an intimation of what that possibly may be. The biggest intimation is, I'm not that, yeah? All of this. Whatever appears, I cannot possibly be. The eye can never see itself. All I am is the act of seeing. That's all it is. I can't know any more than that, yeah? And in fact, there's no need to know, because in seeing, you find out. Yeah. Like this kid right here. 
were there once, weren't you? Yeah? Wonder and awe, all that stuff. Yeah? Like I think Jesus said, you know, the Jew from Nazareth said, uh, <laughs> he says, you've got to become like a child, yeah, to enter the kingdom of heaven. What does a child do? It finds out, doesn't it? To me, you know, my mother let me out of the backyard. I had no idea what was going to happen, who I was going to play with that day. There wasn't any, at that time, planned play times, you know. My mother just kicked me out of the back door, and there you went. And then you found out that they, they would unfold, and then another day, and another day, and another day. I was never walking around my house saying, oh, my room should be bigger, you know. My mother, oh, she's very ugly, my mother. Tell us not to wear that outfit anymore. No, it was just everything was just totally okay as it was. Yeah? There was a sense of freedom in there. What happened? Yeah. Was your life when you were a little kid dominated by thought? I don't think so. It wasn't. I would say more imagination, which isn't thought. Imagination is pure pictures, isn't it? Your mind is just picturing things. Picturing things. It's, the, it's when that introspection started, then you started to think about the biggest picture the mind has, which is of you. Yeah? A body picture. invitation is to entertain the idea of what selfing is looking like and maybe get a sense it may not be you but the second one is to see that what's entertaining the selfing may be selfing to begin with yeah because when you're identified as a self you don't know that you're identified as a self if you knew you were identified as a self that would be freedom from selfing and I would imagine that freedom would demonstrate some results in your life as you're traveling so it's a pretty good way of diagnosing. Yes? You should have a lot more immunity to what's happening, all that false evidence appearing real, if you've woken up to the fact that I'm not the center of that thing, of all the false evidence, which is you, as a body. Yeah? If that's seen, there should be some translation in your life, I'd imagine. You'll travel lighter. When the big mental storms hit, you won't be totally whacked. Yeah? The times that you spend seemingly caught up in your head will become lesser, and the amount of magnitude or amplification will be lesser. Yeah? So now, and to me, the Course in Miracles explains it well. It's like 
you're going to be dreaming yourself out of the dream. That's what it's like. You're dreaming yourself out of this dream of being a self. And you'll sense it. A sense of okayness will probably come over you. You won't be able to put your finger on it, maybe, but over time, you'll get, you'll, you'll hit you, it'll dawn on you that, hey, there's a traveling lighter going on. Yes? And then the sense of peace won't be held as an experience. You'll have a sense of peace as more like a state. Yeah? It won't be a, an experience in time. It will be a state that has no time involved in it. Therefore, it's potentially always available at all times because it's of no time. Yeah? So the, your whole understanding of peace and serenity quantum shifts to a, to a, a prior state to all shifting circumstances and situations. You realize that peace is not something to be acquired or attained. It's something to be entertained. Yeah? And all that it is, is it's almost like coaxing your mind out of a small hole. Like I like to call it an asshole, a small asshole of self-centeredness. It's like kind of coaxed your mind out of there. The mind is this unbelievable truth, and yet it's shoved up a very small little orifice, which is very dark up there. So when it can't see, it just speculates. And it thinks it knows and it knows and knows everything, but it doesn't know a damn fucking thing because it's shoved up this hole. So we're trying to coax it out. Once the mind comes out of the hole, yes, the mind as it was in the hole was small and tiny. As it gets coaxed out of the hole, it realized it was defined by the, by the dimensions of the whole. It was taking the dimensions of the whole as its nature, yes? But as it comes out of that hole, it moves into its real size, yeah? You know what I mean? So there's the mind, the mind's stuffed up there, and it's believing this is my size, and I'm smelly, and I've got things to hide, and no one wants to know me. It's <laughs> very small. It's because it's... It's identified with the, you know, the, the walls of the, the ass and everything like that. And when you're coaxing it out, it's probably feeling like it's going to try to pucker the opposite direction, like an ass is going to come out. But when it pops out of the ass, whoosh, it's, it's, it's its own size, and then, that's it, bro. Then you get a nice sample of what it is. Yes? And no matter how many times... It, the, the mind's interpretation is from the old whole-like identity. There's something that is known now that is an immunity to moving back in that hole, so to speak. Yeah? And that's better than any scripture. That's 800, I don't care if you chant them every second of every day. One popping out of the ass is, more than, is worth more than any other scripture. Because it goes not to here, it's an overall to this it goes. And so as you were saying last night, then you're going to find out what life imagines you to be instead of knowing what you think you are. Yeah? You'll, you'll find out what life imagines you to be by living instead of having a mental knowing of what you are, which is the death in life, really. It's like we're on vertical coffins with wheels. We're basically inherently dead to our own nature, yes? We're totally unconscious 
to what we are, and we've taken ourselves to be the walls and the atmosphere of an asshole, really. Um, this needs a lot of improvement. <laughs> it really does. But when mind comes out of it, it's the same mind that's in there, but it's just taken on the contours of what it's enveloped by here. As soon as it's, you take it out of the idea of being a self, a body, so when you hear that, the kingdom of heaven is within you. When you were a kid and you heard that, I don't know if you were Catholic, but I was, they would say the kingdom of heaven was, is within you. I always pictured to you as me, this, yeah? So the kingdom of heaven was pretty small. I mean, very little parking in here. That's the kingdom of heaven. But the kingdom of heaven is within you, meaning that makes sense, yeah? That the kingdom of heaven and everything and all things and no things are in you. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And then you start seeing differently. It's just the way it goes. Yeah? Like they also said in the Bible, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, you will see anew. What do you mean, see? I've been seeing ever since I was born. No, you will see anew. What the hell is he talking about? Well, the way we're seeing now is really what's called looking. Yeah? Seeing is the natural state, consciousness seeing, but it has been claimed. Yes? See here, let's say there's a presence or an energy. Yes? The mind's first reaction to that presence was I am. Uh, I am. Yeah? And then the next thing, all right, I am, yeah, yeah, that's close, and then I am a body. Yeah? Immediately, that hugeness of mind becomes defined and contoured as this. Yes? And so now our way of seeing is a form of looking called self-centeredness. Yeah? Our way of looking is centered in this. Yeah? So when I see something, or I look, all I see is how it pertains to me. So I meet thousands of things all day, but the only, there's only one of me that's meeting it. So everything I see from that point on, I see it. Yeah. Every problem that ever arises, it arises to me. Yes. Every moment that passes, it's passed be- to me. Me, 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 me. So this now becomes the center of my life, yeah? called self-centeredness. What would you like to do if you'd want to escape from that self-centeredness? Would you want to try to escape it as a self? It says that self can't get out of self. How could a product of a mental process ever transcend the mental process? It can't go anywhere. Yeah? There's nowhere it can go. It only appears here. And there, there isn't even a here. The appearance has a here in it. <laughs> yeah? But there is no here, as we see it. There's just appearing. Yeah? So we're, oh, the only place self can appear is here. It can't leave here. It ain't going to heaven. <laughs> yeah. It's not going there. When you see that, You find the real solution, which is you can't transcend, nor can you get out of self, nor can you defeat it, nor can you kill it. All you do is see it's not you. Yeah? 
Once you see it's not you, it loses its juice because its juice is your juice. You gave your juice to an incredible idea called, I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? This is real here. This is solid. This can hurt me. Yes, it can hurt you as this. Yeah? But if I'm this, how could this hurt me? How can I hit this? Yeah? How could I hit space? If I wanted to strangle, so I'm so fucking pissed at space today. Where are you, where's the neck? Where are you going to grab it? There's nothing to do. I have a resentment towards space. Space, space, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I fear space. What the hell? All this stuff that seems so real and relevant here can't play with that space, yeah? I'm not saying you are that. We're not that, but I'll tell you, it would be nice if you entertained maybe you are that because it would take a little bit of the thick mental foam off of your drink called life. You may taste better. You may travel better as this by not being this. Yeah? That sounds weird. If I'm not this, you, you would expect because you're so all-powerful. If I'm not this, then this wouldn't be happening. No, it's happening. <laughs> This is the functioning of this place. Action figures. Events are happening and deeds are being done. But like Lord Buddha supposedly said, there is no individual doer thereof. If, there is, if you're not the doer of your life, then whose life is it anyway? Your whole claim to life is you're the doer of it, right? If you were the doer of what you call your life, whose life would it be anyway? How could you possibly make that giant leap and claim it to be yours? Your whole claim to fame is that you're the doer of it. That you're omitter of it. That's why guilt and shame is difficult to let go of because it's the whole point of the mind's definition of being here. That I did something I wasn't supposed to do. You think it's going to give up that? That indicates it's real? No matter how much it bitches about it? That guilt and shame is like gold to it. It's flesh and blood to its idea of being a person. Because it's all rooted in that you're the doer. That life would be different if you wouldn't have done what you did. And it would have been really different if they wouldn't have done what they did. So guilt and shame and blame goes on and on and on and on. Yes? Why do you have so much trouble giving up guilt and shame? If it was so bad for you, and if this was a real place, wouldn't it seem to make sense that you'd get rid of it? Why is it that, like, we're having, like, candlelight, candlelight vigil, you know, Things with it. We're worshipping the guilt and shame. The whole basis of this self-story is on you being the doer. The idea of time. The only way time has any weight is because there's a you in it, isn't it? If you weren't this you that you believe is going to be there in the future, would the future really hold that much weight? And if you weren't the you that was in the past, you'd probably have no interest in going thinking about the past. Because when do you usually think about the past? It usually has something to do with you. Yeah? And how does your thought system present a you? A body. When my thought system, this not my thought system, this thought system is thinking about me, how does it think about me? As a body. <laughs> if you 
listening, if you are attending to those thoughts from that system, you're going to have a strong sense that you're a body. It's just that simple. You can't withstand thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of, of thoughts every day that indirectly or directly refer to you and to everyone else as a body. It's going to be very difficult not to fall under it. Look at what, in a, just in this place, look at what a, a news company called Fox can do. By playing the same old, same old, it has convinced 70% of the people that Saddam Hussein had something to do with Iraq. He had nothing to do, I mean, with 9-11. Tons of lies are, have been disseminated just by having a lot of broadcasting. Could you imagine with K-Paul, 24-7, much powerful, much more dominant than Fox News. Paul's News is much more. I mean, it's the biggest propaganda of all. Yeah? False evidence appearing real constantly. Tons of meaning given to a name things all day. <laughs> so what the main point is not seen. Yeah? Let's make a little mess here and there so we don't really stare what's actually so in the face. You and I are a thought. When that thought sits here and tries to sense its authentic self, it's total bullshit. There's nowhere it can go outside the system. Somehow or another, it's going to be felt as a body. Even if it says, I'm a spirit, I'm a spirit being felt as a spirit by a body. <laughs> I'm telling you, this system is all around us. There is no escape here. That's the good news. The great wisdom is of no escape. There's no way that you, as you're comprised here, will ever get out of here. It's the best bit of news, because then you can freaking give up. I tell you, when I was young, things happened to me that scared the hell out of me. They overwhelmed me. When my grandmother and my father died when I was nine, my grandmother was a goddess to me. It was only until I was 18 years old that I ever entertained that she could have done anything wrong by hearing some people at a relative's bar party badmouth her. She was like a little bit of gold fell off the statue. I mean, she was my goddess of all time. And then my father died, and I was overwhelmed. I didn't know how to deal with it at all. So what did I do? My mind set off, set off on a course of making everything that ever threatened it, usually feelings, unreal. That's what I did. Read a lot of fantasy, Edgar Allan Poe, I had a little bleak dark side, Edgar Allan Poe, science fiction. Then as soon as I could get my hands on alcohol and drugs, started drinking, and that made all my feelings unreal. Then I entered spirituality, that I tried to use to make my feelings unreal. Then recovery, tried to use to make it unreal. Then back to spirituality, tried to make it unreal. And then it dawned on me, just one day, it dawned on me, why don't I let it just be as real as it wants to freaking be? Yeah? Finally, let it be. Those things that are forbidden for me to ever go near or touch or bring it on. Not even, I didn't say bring it on. I just said, I'm just going to take down all my little fortified protections and just not let it be as real as it wants to be. And what it finally did, it, real, it revealed its own nature, which is unreal. I was giving it all the reality it had by trying to make it unreal. That's what we're doing here. Most of the day, we're trying to make our head unreal. And that's just making it as real as real can be. Yeah? This isn't about, oh, I don't have those thoughts anymore. 
you never were the thinker of them. That's what it's about. It's not about you'll stop worrying about next week. You just realize there's no one worrying about next week. So all your importance and meaning, why you think you should be doing this and shouldn't be doing that, and if I didn't do this, I'd be much better, that's the thing that's really surrendered. Not, not the idea that we have, but the whole meaning we're giving everything is being so important. If I do this, everything will really be great. If I don't, like you, you don't have that much importance here. The real freedom is the need to be liberated. The real freedom is the need to have everything have to go this way, because that will make me something really great, and if it goes that way, it'll make me... It doesn't make you eat the thing. Yes. That's, for me, is the freedom. You lose interest in so much stuff, and then you never lose interest, you just lose interest in all these concepts and these ideas, and then the interest, I don't know where it goes, but to me it's like a momentum, behind you like a sail, and it just really, really, really drives you, yes? You've got some juice. Yeah? You feel a new power flowing in. You enjoy peace of mind. You enjoy it, not just entertaining the possibility of peace of mind. You're enjoying it. Who cares about entertaining the possibility if you can enjoy it? Enjoy it? I never entertain the possibility of it anymore, because I can enjoy it. <laughs> Since I've been entertaining this, I try to just come here and report back in this, the way it's been downloading in me. And what I found is your interest and attention gets distributed based on whatever you think you are. Yeah? All the meaning that you're going to give life is going to be distributed by where, wherever you think you are. What, by whatever you believe you to be, that's the system that's going to give all the meaning to your life, to this life. And you know what? Most of us here have been, we've had a giant, giant, long-lasting meal of the meaning self-centeredness gives. And I'm telling you, there's no more surprises. It's, it's going to, there's, there's no fourth door like in Let's Make a Deal. You're not going to get the trip to Bermuda. You're going to get the same old, same old view, just rehashed or done this or painted a different way. But it's the same old, same old possibility. It will never be okay now, but you may be, may be okay later. If you do this, 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 jump, this, 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 get this, this, make sure that doesn't happen. All these variables have to be managed and controlled to bring about a certain result that you're so sure it's going to mean you're going to finally arrive. It's total baloney. It's total baloney. You looking for the truth makes you blind to the truth. It's like you finally put your foot down. My sense of okayness is not based on what I do or don't do. And it's definitely not based on at a future date. Yes? It's a sense of traveling. Yeah? And it has so much value because you don't arrive there, you don't have an experience of it, and then have to leave, only to hope you can arrive there again. It's always available at all times. Yeah? To the mind, it makes it unvaluable, but to me, it's incredibly valuable. Because every moment, every seeing, every hearing, every feeling, every tasting, and every event and experience that happens is influenced by that understanding. Every last second of your life is influenced by it. Not an experience, but every experience is influenced by it. Yeah? 
Not an event, but every event is influenced by it. Not at one deed, but all deeds are influenced by it. Yeah? It's just an incredible quantum leap into another way of living. I mean, I've been enthused by it for 19 years. I never get bored by it. It's just mind-boggling to me, you know? It's like looking up and there's no end to it. It's sort of like, here's your head living here in self-centeredness and everything, hitting everything back to the same thing. <laughs> Every new event has the same old one who had the event. <laughs> Every new event, same old one having the event. Every new event, same one having same one. Thousands of different things, one old thing. You know what I mean? The boredom isn't there. The boredom is here. Fuck. This drop, just this room, just this pattern on the rug can get you totally enthused. You could be just immersed in this. Yeah? Instead of looking to get a jolt for the old you, entertain, maybe you're not that, and you'll be the living jolt that you were looking for. To put your sense of satisfaction outside of you, based on other circumstances, is a precarious investment. Yes? Incredible investment. And if the possibility of being okay is put off even in one second of time, you bought the biggest, biggest joke of all. Yeah? Because that one second will beget a minute, will beget an hour, will beget a day, will beget a month, after the retreat, three months, then a couple of years, so on and so forth, and you'll never be at the point of arrival in the mind, yet every point you are is the arrival. But the sense will be every point is just like a stone to get to the next, to get to the next, until I arrive at this mythical experience. Have you been on one of them? Yes. What happens? How much time do you get to rest? And then another stone appears and back on the journey again. And if you looked at your life as a map, a time map, you would see you've been in a sense of withholding almost every moment of your life, waiting for a mental expectancy of a certain type of moment that never occurs. It's a dream, a mental dream. I used to wait for someone to save me. I did. I had a guru. I waited for him to save me. Girls to save me. Fucking surfing to save me. Nothing out here can save you because you don't need to be saved. Literally. If you needed to be saved, then there would be something that could save you. Nothing. You don't need to be saved. Yes? You are what you're looking for. But not as what's looking. Yeah? Not as the you that's looking. You are not that. But you are what's looking. What you're looking for, yeah? You're not the you that's looking for it, but you are what's looking what you're looking for. I don't know. I have a new medicine tonight. Convert to Judaism. I'm gonna try that right now. I'm tired of this Catholicism. I see maybe help that. Seriously. It says convert to Judaism. I'm going to have some made. You pick whatever religion you want to go to. Yeah. Advaita, maybe. 
<laughs> There'll be no spray. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, <laughs> he's taking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Not too much. You don't want to overdose. Now, Judaism is tough. It's a very bad hangover. <laughs> I love this kind of spicy spray. It is so good. Come on, Greg, give it a shot. We're all going to turn into Jews tonight. You know what? You didn't expect that? Let's go. Oh, you got the cat. Yeah, so just one shot.
pause, or if you want to call it space, will move to the foreground, and your attention will be there. Yes? The other stuff that used to be so, let's say, uh, attractive of your attention moves to the background. Yeah? That shift of emphasis is like day and night. Everything shifts. Okay. You know what you don't. You know what you don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. There you go. It's got it, eh? Oh, yeah. Just one? Oh, yeah, right. One I thought was sharing. I had a seizure, so I was out for 20 minutes, right? A seizure? What kind of seizure? It was mysterious because they don't know. They've done all these tests. And for me, it was interesting because all my life I was obsessed about being afraid of dying, right? And I thought that was like death. For 20 minutes, I wasn't there. And I thought all this time I've read the newspapers and thought how terrible. And like, I think a lot about how people pass away and how I can avoid it and how they made it. Thing. While you were away, did you have, do you have any sense of, of you while you were away? They said I was combative. Yeah, but, but I mean, <laughs> where to you, to you, in other words. You know what, right before it happened and after it happened, I felt great. Yeah. I felt like, like, wonderful. Yeah. See, but when it goes out, will you know that? So if you don't know that it went out, was it actually ever on? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you don't know that it's out, it's the same as when it's out, you'll never know that it's on, that it was on. Yeah? You know what I mean? If this is a dream... It, get, it gets rolled up like a rug. That's even too much to say. It's as if it never happened. If it's not happening to you, it's as if it never happened. Yeah? And just like you don't have a sense of whatever you want to call that while you're here, when you're not here, you won't have any sense of this. I mean, I've died a few times, and that something came back with me here. And one of those strong influences, just what I'm attempting to point out now, when I was gone... There was no ever me being here. And while I'm here, it's like there's no me ever being gone. Yeah? It's very difficult to imagine yourself gone. Yeah? You'll always imagine yourself gone as you, which doesn't mean you're not gone. Yeah? But when you're gone, it's impossible to imagine yourself here. So, what is it, who's worried about leaving here? What's here, yeah? The head, yes? But if you are what's there, if you truly are what's there, there'll be no missing here. Because what you really are is from there, in a sense. You're not from here. Yeah? You know? I'm not saying there's a there, I'm just using the words, but... 
When I went out a couple times and I came back, there was a no sense of what that was like. And when I was dead, there was no sense of where I had died or where I had left. None whatsoever. Yeah? I, it's almost like when I came back here, I like booted back up. Yeah? Not a me. The me was part of this booting back up. The sense of being a me. There was no me that left and came back. The me is of this. Yeah? So when this was brought back to life, there was a sense of it was me that was brought back to life. Yeah? But when, when what I am is truly gone from this, there's no sense of ever being this me. Yeah? Because yeah. what we are is not of this. Yeah. And you know how you ever have when people say they had an eternity in a moment, you know, when they're dying or, and then their whole life goes by and it seems like it's a really long time but in what we call time here, which is no time, it was like a second went by but to them it was like an eternity. You don't see that? You don't see the mind making, dreaming this place up? You can make, like, if you, ha if you don't like what you're doing, the day may take forever, it seems like. If you're surfing, it's really time is, goes by like crazy. There's no real thing called time. It's not like a solid, separate entity with its own meaning. We give it a lot of a meaning, yeah? So what would happen is you could have an eternity in what everyone else would view as a second. So wouldn't it be nice, like it says, to have a little bit of the of-ness in the in-ness? Like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Wouldn't it be nice to be cued into a little bit of the of-ness while you're in here? It's, I would say, is what everyone here is looking for, is, it, but it's not of here. So you can't look from here, meaning with this identification, because this is here. This is not in here. This is the here. Believing your this is the here that we're in. But we're not of this. So this can't seek that ofness. Yeah? It's a whole different beast. But when you see I'm not in this, that's getting the sense of the ofness. Yeah? And it will translate in the life of this place called here or in. And there's the awareness that you are and the presence that you are will intimate itself. And it's almost like here you are as the canvas and this new information will leak from the behind out. And you'll find out. Yeah? Instead of knowing something from here, you'll find out as it seeps out. Yeah? Just like when you were a perfect expression of, let's say, an alcoholic and an addict then you can be a perfect expression of someone who's not here anymore. Because you haven't, you're not a solid thing. You're just a formulation, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah? <laughs> he does he, right? I know, is it? Yes, yes. Well, I can't control them. <laughs> we have to ask them nicely if they'll come. <laughs> so, yeah, any questions? I'm happy to... Where was I, anyway? Oh, I, was, I haven't been gone. You've been gone. Huh? You know, it's like four 